Hello, and welcome everyone to another edition of Sawdust and Gin. I think this is episode 26, right? 26 sounds about right. It's, it's, it's how old I am, so we'll, we'll leave it at 26. Then that's perfect. Um, wait, you're 26? I am. Wait, I don't, I don't know if we should talk about this a lot on the podcast, but are you two years older than me? Wait, what year were you born? 92. 92. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was born in 90. Gotcha. Interesting. Fascinating. Well, this is Sawdust and Jen. I'm Zoe. <laughs> Kylie's joining me we're again. We're finding out each other's ages and everything. We but... clearly know nothing about each I other. I know, which is hilarious. Yeah, we've only known each other for like six years. Anywho, welcome to this episode of a music podcast. Definitely not about politics, although we've definitely worked it in both episodes. <laughs> um... We're going to talk mostly about festivals this episode, bouncing around to a lot of different things. There are so many festivals these days. It's insane. It's really unbelievable because you think back even 20, 30 years and there were some major festivals, but there was nothing like now. Whereas like you can't, when people would say, I'm going to a festival, you would pay Bonnaroo or Coachella or you could count on one hand, but now totally. it's like there's a festival for everything. There's a festival everywhere. Every weekend. Every weekend. <laughs> no, it's true. And they're cropping up in like every way. I mean, like every genre has their own. I mean, we've got things dedicated to electronic music, like Electric Forest happening in Michigan in June. There's also the Newport Folk Fest, a staple for the guitar-loving community, the acoustic guitar-loving community, um, which honestly, like, this year's Newport Folk Fest lineup is pretty sick. They are going to have uh, Fleet Foxes, Angel Olsen, Marlon Williams, Margaret Margaret Glaspie, and the Punch Brothers. Uh, that's a dream for me. Just personally, I know Kylie's giving me a huge blank stare. She just like, I doesn't care. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I, I will uh, admit right now, even though obviously you didn't see my blank stare, that those are not the artists I listen to. I have nothing against said folk artists, but I uh, my, my taste leans a little more electronic forest and Coachella than uh, Newport Folk Festival. Though I do love Newport Beach, so you might just catch me there drinking a beer. Well, wait. Newport Beach is in... Where is that? California. OC. So Newport Folk Fest is in Rhode Island. What? Yeah. So I was like... Because I also had the same question when I was like looking at this. I was like, Newport, Rhode Island. I was like, wait, Newport Beach. That's Oops. different. That's my fault. This shows you I'm a Californian that I just think everything's in California. If it's not in California, where is it? It's a pretty big state. You're not wrong all the time. <laughs> but, I mean, California alone has so many festivals, which we will enumerate later. We yeah. have so much to talk about. Um, but, you know, what? before we d- dive into more festivals, what you been listening to, Kylie? So, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the new Kendrick album. Because, True. of course, everyone and their mom is listening to it. Absolutely. Um, and Damn. I- yeah, damn. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, so... Damn is the uh, is the album and uh, took a listen to it. One of my favorite tracks on it so far is Loyalty. It's a track with Kendrick and Rihanna. And as we were discussing earlier, Rihanna, seriously, I realize she's probably on every rapper's album, like every single one. Um, I'm surprised her voice still works sometimes. I'm like, wow, you, you've been in everything. Um, but yeah, but Loyalty is a, is a sick jam. I also, I mean, who didn't love Humble and that video? So I've been uh, jamming out to uh, to Dan from Kendrick, and I've also been jamming out to Bishop Briggs' newest EP. So I've been 
really, really excited for Bishop to release um, a full, well, not quite a full album. She's giving us a little taste. It's six songs, but it's a, uh, it's really a solid effort. It has some of the singles we've already heard, like River and Wild Horses, but it also has one song that I just have to mention for sheer songwriting's sake, which it's called Dead Man's Arms. And you know that Bishop is mad at whoever this person is. Because she, one of the lyrics is legitimately, I find more affection in a dead man's arms. Wow. So here I am imagining Bishop like digging up a corpse and like holding it, oh, being geez. like, this feels better. That's a little morbid, but uh, I was pretty impressed with that because I was like, well, you got your point across. That guy? That is intense. Yeah, all right. Well, that's pretty sick. I have got to check out Bishop Briggs. We have talked about her also on both episodes of this podcast. We love, we, Bishop, it, Bishop Briggs, we love you. Big fans. Uh, yes, big fans. So great. <laughs> well, I think we're also pretty big fans of someone named Kimbra. Yeah. And she is featured on a new song that was just released by Fife, F-Y-F-E. Uh, I believe I've talked about Fife on this podcast in the past, but a long time ago, I feel. I'm so excited right now. But it's so good. It's called Belong. Uh, pretty sure it's a song about, like, moving in, like, with your significant other, and, like, it seems like the other person maybe doesn't want that, but it's a really great song. It's so much fun. It's got a cute little lyric video. Actually, I say cute, but it's like a dead flower. So, so I guess the theme of, of this is dead. Dead man's arms, dead flower. We're just, we're, we're going full steam ahead with the dead theme. You know, Kylie, one of my huge themes as like a music critic is death. So you're just, I'm just indoctrinating you. Great. That's all. All right, I've been indoctrinated. If you're hearing this, I've been indoctrinated by Zoe <laughs> Brown into the death uh, music world. It's a it's a, an expansive place. Welcome. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm well aware from uh, some of the other uh, not so great death tracks I've heard, like one called "Why Won't You Die," which we won't enumerate on now. Oh my God. We can't talk about that song. Um, but it's real. It's real. Feel free to look it up. I might link it, but I might not, just to leave the mystery alive. Um, and your eardrums intact. God. I guess that's as good a transition as any. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to talk about festivals next, but then there's going to be a mix at the end of the episode. I'm going to recap all the songs. It's going to be great. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. This is Sawdust and Gin. Alright, so now let's get down to business. We've got a lot of festivals to cover. So many. We're not covering all of them, just so you know, just if you're checking and seeing why, you know, this podcast was not, like, 15 hours long. I would, yeah, that would be unreasonable. <laughs> I think that we would have had to have spent, like, a full week on it, like, researching. I'm not doing that. We will be covering the highlights. That is correct. And, I mean, what highlights are there right now other than Coachella? We'd be really remiss if we weren't mentioning Coachella, especially because people are partying their butts off in the desert right as we speak. I mean, like, I at work have been receiving so many, like, out-of-office responses from some of, like, the people that I work with. It's like, hey, I'm in the desert. It's like, that's nice. Must be fun. Uh, Coachella is such a mainstay of the festival circuit, but I've noticed so many new festivals have been, like... 
I don't know. They're not exactly the same. They Some of them have the same promoters. Golden Voice does put on Coachella and puts on Panorama, which is kind of a new uh, festival, relatively new festival in New York City. It's happening on uh, Randall's Island. That's the thing, though. Randall's Island already has another festival to its name, Governor's Ball. Governor's Ball is in... Okay, so Governor's Ball is like June-ish. Panorama is late July, and Coachella is April. I mean... <laughs> So basically what we're saying is that if you want to see all of these, you will just not be eating for a while oh, yeah, because no. of the ticket prices. No eating. I mean, I don't know how you're even going to get there. <laughs> Traveling probably will be okay, expensive hiking. too. Oh my God. The thing that I notice about these, uh, they're very similar. And like a lot of these festivals that we're going to talk about are going to be very similar in uh, lineup choice. Um, but what really strikes me is how Coachella, Governor's Ball, Panorama, and I'm also going to work in Bonnaroo here, they all kind of seem to work in this symbiosis fashion, although maybe not this year so much. I feel like maybe in past years I've felt that way. Um, Governor's Ball, I've always found it was like a rival to Coachella, but I don't really feel that way this year. The lineup, I mean, so you got Chance the Rapper, Day 1, Phoenix, Childish Gambino, Wu-Tang Clan, Day 2, Tool. Tool? Tool is playing Governor's Ball, and Cage the Elephant on Day 3 for that fest. You know, I have nothing against any of these artists. I think that they're all going to put on great shows. I think that's a nice, varying... Lineup for I, Governor's Ball. Can we just discuss how different the Tool fans will look from the rest of the crowd? But that's the thing. Like, at the same time, it's great to have a variety, but, like, are these the same fans? Exactly. I'm. That's very fascinating to me. I'm like, Charlie Gambino, Chance, Tool, wait, what? Right. And so, okay. So Governor's Ball, it seemed like it was a rival to Coachella, but that lineup is not rivaling Coachella this year at all. So, but then it makes me think, well, what about Panorama? Panorama is run by Golden Voice as well, who runs Coachella. Um, Panorama seems to be the rival to Golden, not Golden, Governor's Ball, because they're in the same place. Yeah. And they do largely have, like, the same uh, demographic that they target. However, again, like, the lineup is different and kind of not as hard-hitting. You've got day one, Frank Ocean and Solange. Awesome. Day two, Tame Impala, Alt-J, and Bell and Sebastian. And then last day, Nine Inch Nails, A Tribe Called Quest. It's just very bizarre. Interesting. So basically they went full 90s in the third, uh, in the third day. So they basically yeah. like, we've got our rappers, we've got our alternative, and we taking it back to the 90s. <laughs> And yeah, oh, almost like a 90s wild card. Yeah, right? Point. The 90s wild card. Yeah, you've got Tribe Called Quest, Nine Inch Nails. So basically, no matter if you were, you know, pumping out the grooves or if you were sitting in your bedroom complaining about your mom listening to Nine Inch Nails, that's sort of how I, I, I think about these things. Um, because that's what I was doing in the late 90s. Very upset that my mother would not let me have another cookie, that kind of thing. <laughs> well, I mean... So I guess that's just how they're doing festivals now. I mean, I feel like maybe I noticed that last year um, with Guns N' Roses at Coachella. Okay, now that, and that was widely panned. So, so weird. Why? Yes, I mean, but, so, but it seems like people are replicating that. But nobody, I mean, okay, I shouldn't say nobody liked it, but I personally am puzzled by it. It is very puzzling, especially when you've got this, especially as a, a headliner that, forgive me, Guns N' Roses, but to be quite frank, sort of a has-been, you know? I mean, they were huge in the 80s, very influential. I will not knock Guns N' Roses. I'll sing Sweet Child of Mine at the top of my lungs. But when I look at what most festivals are doing, the headliners are typically very relevant. Very relevant, very now, very, I mean, 
Gaga is, you know, headlining Coachella. You know, she just came off an incredible Super Bowl performance, new album. Like, that's what I expect from a headliner, not someone who killed in the 80s, but, you know, it just doesn't have the cultural relevance today. Kylie, I think that we're about to have an argument. <laughs> Great! Let's do it! Because Lady Gaga was a replacement for, for Beyonce. Beyonce. But, and that's, you know what, though? That's, that is fair enough, because obviously Beyonce destroyed with Lemonade. So, yes, yeah, so technically Lady Gaga was a replacement, so I guess we can say she does not have as much cultural relevance as Beyonce, though, of course, I would argue against that. I'm a huge Lady Gaga and, fan, though, so yeah. I would, I, we know we know where the bias is, and that would be me toward Lady Gaga. I mean, I feel like, um, I wouldn't argue with that necessarily. I feel like they both have a lot of cultural relevance. I think that Lady Gaga, especially with Joanne, like, kind of turned people's heads, and I think that was a very important thing. I... I agree so much, and it cracks me up because I have friends who are not Gaga fans, and they're like, wow, I really like that album. <laughs> really? And that was fascinating. She goes, I, I had a friend text me, goes, the, the text was, not even, hi, how are you doing? The text was, you were right about me liking Joanne. Wow. So just because it was definitely a different type of feel with some of the songs, it was very alternative. Um, but it was just great because we all knew Gaga had the voice to pull it off. But it's just really great to just hear her and a guitar, and she sounds and she sounds great. So. Absolutely, it's interesting that uh, instead of booking her first, though, like instead of having her booked to play Coachella, they booked Beyonce, and then Beyonce canceled, and they were able to book Lady Gaga as a replacement. I find that very interesting, and I have like some conspiracy theories saying like, oh well, they specifically didn't book, and I'm doing air quotes, they. Didn't book Lady Gaga overtly on the lineup because they knew Beyonce might flake because they maybe knew something about this pregnancy mm -hmm. I don't know it was some fishy stuff you know what though I actually heard that Lady Gaga was actually not first in line after Beyonce they really? went from a couple different um people which actually brings us full circle one of them I think was actually going to be Nine Inch Nails which I remember they, oh, they were just they God. thought that it was a head scratcher for everybody because I think another one was potentially I'm trying to think if it was like Justin Timberlake or something somebody like really huge that you know obviously had some crazy schedule but right she actually wasn't first after Beyonce which is kind of interesting and again I mean I'm totally biased but I was it was actually kind of interesting Nine Inch Nails would have been very odd again because I mean Again, nothing against Nine Inch Nails, but it's just they don't have that kind of relevance that somebody like Lady Gaga just put an album, or Beyonce, who, you know, coming off the heels of Lemonade, which, you know, another head turner for, of an album, you know, Nine Inch Nails just doesn't have that same kind of um, hold as the yeah. other two. Yeah, okay, here's the other thing that that surprises me, that she was not first, like, first in line, and this is more of like a, they should have been thinking about this, because clearly they were not. Beyonce was going to be the first female top build Coachella performer. And so because Beyonce flicked and Lady Gaga replaced, now that title goes to Lady Gaga, which is significant. Yeah. And the fact that the Coachella organizers were not taking that to heart really disheartens me. Yeah, and it's really crazy to hear that because it's like, that was the first Can female. you believe it? What? Right. I'm sure that they had probably bands that had women in them, but no, like, female performers. That blows my mind. Yeah. No, it's it's terrible. It's honestly terrible. It really is, especially <laughs> because, I mean, as we all know, Zoe, female performers are so hard to find. I mean, there's oh. only, like, two of them, right? Ha. Huh. Well, Coachella is happening well, it's happening now as we record, but it will also be happening uh, this a weekend. Uh, it'll be weekend two. 
Um, not a lot of festivals are going the way of two weekends. I know a couple years ago, when Coachella first started doing the double weekend, a lot of other festivals were like, following suit. But then, since people have been like, no, we're going to stick to one what? weekend. I think that the what's been happening with the other festivals that are like larger, like Panorama. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, not larger, newer. Um, like Panorama. Uh, that used to just be like a... I think it was just two days last year, and this year it is three. Oh wow! So it'll be so we do see some expansions uh, for some smaller festivals that aren't already three or four days yes. and aren't two weekends. Um, so we do see some expansion there, but nobody's doing the two weekend thing. I think it's too stressful, and you I know, get that. Yeah, exactly for the organizers, and it's just resource wise. So obviously Coachella is out in the desert, but if you're sure. doing anything, I know for example when Ultra was two weekends, it was just. Miami felt that it was madness just because especially Ultra has that, I mean, frankly, that really huge drug crowd. So it was just kind of taxing the city with all of these very high, very drunk humans kind of causing madness, even more madness around Miami, which is already used to very drunk, very high humans to begin with. God, I mean, but the, I mean, maybe just because we worked at the radio station and we worked with the festival. That entire thing is such a mess. It always has been. It's never been, like, an easy thing to put on Ultra. Like You know what? And it's really, it's not. And, again, it's right in the middle of Miami, and it just, it it frankly... Problems every single year. Yeah. Problems every single year, especially because, again, you combine EDM, heavy drug culture, hot weather, middle of Miami... I mean, we're in the middle of Miami where people are prissy and like calling the cops because there's too much music because it's a goddamn music festival. That's so great. I would really love to hear that call. Uh, ma'am, what's your emergency? There's just too much music. <laughs> there is too much music. I have reached my level of Avicii. I am done. I hit the level. I hit See my what quota. I did there. See what I did there? I hit the level. You sure did. <laughs> So one other thing that's concerning about these festivals, they're so expensive. <laughs> it, it's really unbelievable to me, and it's, I, I think it's super unfortunate. So there's, there's the one side of the coin that you hope that because it's expensive, artists are actually getting paid a decent amount, which is good, which is great. I am all about you know paying artists for the hard work that they put on, because as we've discussed, putting yes. on a festival is no joke yeah. it, for both the people setting it up and the performers. Mm-hmm. But I definitely agree that, honestly, festivals have gotten to the point where it's just not affordable for the average person. I mean, if you think about a Coachella, where it's about $300 per ticket per day, right? and then the thing is, Coachella's out in the desert, so you can't, it's not... Um, conducive to you just crashing on somebody's couch unless you know someone who lives in India which is I mean it's 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 far out it's in the desert so not only are you paying that $300 per day just to get into the festival you also got to eat you also have to stay somewhere it just becomes this very very expensive um event and it's just I think it's just not um conducive for the average music lover absolutely I mean like we we admire these lists of artists and how like I love so many lists uh, artists that are on Coachella's lineup on Governor's Ball lineup yet is it worth it for me to be spending so much money like I I literally can't afford them exactly and and I think that, that it really pushes a lot of music lovers out there's a lot of conversations so I think Coachella's lineup this year was so I was in love, not only with, you know, Lady Gaga replacing Beyonce, but also you've got Lord, you have Kendrick, Tudor Cinema Club, one of my favorite yes. bands. Uh, I mean, there, 
there was just, it is a solid lineup, and it was disappointing, but there's a lot of talk about how Coachella now is, frankly, I actually just saw an article about how it's, it's basically just a bunch of trust fund babies hanging out, not even there for the music. And, yeah. and I've noticed in the sense that, um, you know, I've asked people going to Coachella, oh, who are you most excited to see? And it takes them a second, which is kind of odd to me, because you would think for a music festival, you'd be like, I want to see this, I want to see that, I want to see that. I mean, I even remember uh, Zoe and I had the pleasure of going to Beach Goth together, and we both, uh, you know, we were sitting there, we were determined what stage you're going to go to very strategic about it because you know we, we were there for the music right but it's just I think a lot of people with Coachella because it's become so expensive first of all it's prohibitive for your average music fan it's frankly just a bunch of people who just want the snapchat yes, that they the story. have the flower crown and the and the the ferris wheel and it's just it's kind of a shame almost because there are so many great artists and just the idea that you would just pay all that money and go to just like snapchat is... absolutely I mean like especially like I don't know. I feel like I have somewhat of a reverence for Coachella for being one of those mainstay original like festivals, but at this point, it's too expensive for me and it has warped into this what I and I don't know if there's really a term for it, um, but it's kind of like the new wave new wave of festivals where it's uh, like the Panorama and the Governor's Ball and the Firefly and the Hangout. Like all of these festivals haven't really been a lot around for as long, but they're very cool. They have this cool factor, and Coachella kind of like took that and now instead of it being like a cool small festival that like used to be a huge festival that was a mainstay it's now a huge festival that's inaffordable for people and has this cool factor that you can only access if you're super rich and like most music lovers just aren't like that. No, exactly. Most of us cannot afford the $300 per ticket plus all the things that go along with it. And it's just, to me, it is such a shame because there's just so much good music to be seen. And Absolutely. I just, you know what, I, you know what, I will, I want to wear a flower crown too. I want to go and, and, and see, especially, I mean, I just... I mean, there were just so many amazing artists in this lineup. Like, Tudor Cinema Club, I saw them in December. They killed it. They're going to destroy on that stage, especially with their new their newer album that came out in October. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, all is not lost because we have some, like, hot tips on some cool, affordable festivals. And we're going to, I mean, we're not going to go as in-depth as we kind of have for these other ones, I mean... But we would definitely like to mention that there are ways for music lovers to enjoy festivals yes. and at an affordable price. Exactly. So we're not just sitting here, you know, not eating for months to prepare. Right. Well, one of them, uh, and this is actually kind of like a big deal to me personally, uh, Eau Claire is a festival. It was started by uh, J Justin Vernon of Boney Bear. Um, <laughs> Which I, I laugh because uh, I asked Zoe if the price of entry was sitting in a cabin for two months by yourself writing songs, uh, which Zoe is cracking up right now. I mean, it's accurate, though. Like, you can do a payment plan where you stay in a cabin and then you fashion your own guitar out of driftwood. And then, Extra like... Extra points if you fashion, like, a canoe or, like, an outhouse, you know, things like that. <laughs> Indeed. So this is happening in Wisconsin, which is where um, he's from. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, but it's like a smaller festival, which makes it affordable. Um, I will say that the demographic that they definitely are going for is like a a, a calm crowd. <laughs> because these are like the, the uh, artists that they've got booked. Paul Simon 
is booked. Wow. Which is pretty fucking sick. It actually, I'm not gonna lie. You know what? I, I know we were hating on some of the, the, like, Nine Inch Nails and stuff like that kind of 90s throwbacks, but I think that Paul Simon would actually, would, I mean... What an artist, you know? I mean, I think that would be just a treat to see. Well, and not gonna lie, like, personally, Paul Simon's Graceland is one of the greatest albums that I've ever heard. So, like, and it's, he's not gonna be performing Graceland. There's no possible way that he would be able to perform that record, because it has so many, like, African uh, artists that contribute to it. But, um... Yeah, Paul Simon, like, this, like, kind of, like, almost like a shy folk sound. Yes. Um, which is great. I mean, which also totally matches Boney Bear's vibe. Uh, but they also have, like, different people. So you got Feist, Wilco, uh, Francis and the Lights, uh, Sylvan Esso, Perfume Genius. I love Sylvan Esso. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, we've. I don't think we've talked about it. They're a great band. This lineup, actually, you know what? I'm starting to be like, wow, maybe I'll go up to Wisconsin and fashion a canoe. Because I actually like, like, Feist, Wilco. This would yeah. be this would be the straight up chill like festival that you would be sit. I just imagine you know people sitting there with their IPAs, very calm. Like there's not going to be any uh, rowdy fights in this crowd. No, and, and but that's great. That's what's great about this too is like even though you don't have like the rowdy artists, you still have rap too. Like they still have Chance the Rapper and Danny Brown are both booked as I well. I love Danny Brown. Danny okay, I'm going to Wisconsin, everybody. It's See decided. <laughs> It's decided, especially on the strength of Danny Brown, who I adore. I'm consistently impressed with not only his sound, which is so unique. I mean, when you hear his voice, you're like, yep, that's Danny Brown. But also what I've been fascinated by is how introspective he is, because most rappers are usually like, bitches and hoes and guns. But uh, Danny Brown does a lot of songs about his uh, drug use and kind of how his psyche behind that. And to me, that is absolutely fascinating. Okay, wait. Okay, that's fascinating. You say that that's why you love Danny Brown because that's why I love Future. Like, Future kind of has a similar... I mean, he's got a fascinating, like, production style. His voice is so strange. But... And in a good way. Um, But he also talks a lot about, like, his use of lean and, like, what that does to him. And it's, like, almost sad. Like, very sad songs. It really is. And I think that that's kind of the fascinating other side of the coin because oftentimes you hear rappers talking about how great drugs are. Right. But, you know, there are always consequences, too, especially once you start doing the harder things like lean or um, or just consistently getting to the point where you're waking up and just doing drugs. So I think it's it's interesting and and important to kind of hear that side of things because you typically just hear the party side and not the after the party side exactly um so yeah eau claire great affordable little festival happening in wisconsin it's only two days june 16th and 17th um but i'm not sure if there's tickets still available but i would imagine that they're not sold out like i mean this isn't one of those lineups where it had like beyonce on it or radiohead and it's definitely obviously in wisconsin which is not as you know as as like a destination correct it's not. I mean, unless you're like a Boney Bear, like huge fan, then I'm sure you visited. Or if uh, you're from the Midwest. Correct. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, it's actually the perfect, totally. yeah. Because there are people that live outside of California. That's right. Are there? Are there? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, oh, that's strange. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, but that's a great option. There are also uh, some other ones. I just wanted to quickly run through one of them, Neon Desert. It's also kind of an EDM festival. Mm-hmm. But what I want, what I really like about this, it's happening in El Paso. El Paso being on the Mexican border, they also really cater to a lot of like let. Latinx bands. Oh, um, that is cool. Which is very awesome. So, like, some people that they have... I didn't recognize any of the Latin bands, but there are plenty. But then some of the other headliners are, like, Hardwell, Foster the People, Migos, Nelly, who I love. Stop. Oh, man. 
Yeah. And here is the jam. Oh, hell yeah, it is. That is the jam. So that's Neon Desert. That's happening at the end of May. It's only two days, El Paso. Uh, it's affordable. I actually wrote down the price for this one, which I didn't take notes on that for any other one. So everybody listen closely. 120 bucks both days. Both days? $120? That's, am- that's unreal. It's unheard of. Especially like us living here where Coachella's happening and we're like bleeding out to oh my pay gosh, for it. And to see, and those are some really, especially like Hardwell and Migos. Like Migos is so hot right now. Uh, so that's the thing. I think that they booked them kind of maybe maybe not before but like as this huge thing was happening with them so it was like perfect for this festival so great yeah no i i neon does it's a really cool one um but another one that we were talking about before we started recording bottle rock i i mean this this festival has my name written all over it i love wine so music and wine combined like it pretty much just has kylie written all over it. Didn't you uh, book all the acts for this festival? <laughs> I wish. You booked I, all the wine merchants. Yes, I would have booked. <laughs> and by booked, I mean drank all of them. Uh, if Honestly, if I ran Bottle Rock, there would be no more wine left by the time it started. It would be a wine bottle festival because I would have consumed all of the wine. Um, and if that was the case, if I was actually running the festival, I'd probably end up on stage doing something really stupid. So it's a really good thing that we are, that I am a... Not involved in the uh, putting together of this. But, I mean, this festival is very cool. It's it's affordable, first mm-hmm. of all. That's why we're talking about it. Um, but mostly because, uh, and th- we're going to kind of go on for uh, different festivals about this, but niches. This is a niche festival. It really is. It's And it's a great niche. <laughs> like, who doesn't love wine in Napa Valley? I mean, what beautiful scenery and then the ability to listen to, me- uh, to great music. And I have to bring this up. Tom Petty is here because Tom Petty is at every festival. Can we please discuss? Tom Petty is headlining so many festivals. Why is this? And that's what I don't understand. I have nothing against Tom Petty. He's got he's got quite quite the list of hits. But again, I think talking about the relevance, you know, Tom Petty hasn't really been as relevant lately. So it's fascinating that he's been headlining so many shows. And you know, I've never seen Tom Petty live. Maybe he puts on the world's greatest show, and my mind would be blown, and I will under you know that. If I saw it, I would say he needs to headline everything all the time. But that's just a name that I've seen everywhere. Yeah, I mean, but when I see a name that much with an artist that's, um, the industry term is a a dog. Um, But, like, it's just like an older artist that just kind of continues to tour with not necessarily a whole lot of new music. I think to myself, maybe Tom Petty is hemorrhaging money? (laughs) I always have to think that too. And you know, no hate. Like, you still make music, and that's cool. Like, I totally feel that. It just does make me wonder. I mean, it really does. Because, yeah, because there just hasn't been anything new coming out. Yeah. Um, But again, no hate on Tom Petty. I mean, Bottle Rock is going to be a cool festival. Bottle Rock, I think, is one of the... It is a niche festival. Mm -hmm. But it is a festival that has been around for a long, long time. And I think that that's also kind of... I kind of touched on it earlier, where there's kind of these two... Like, there's a new wave of festivals. And Bottle Rock is not in that at all. It's very old-time, like... The headliners are Foo Fighters, Tom Petty, and Maroon 5. Like, that's definitely not what you would expect from Coachella. If that was Coachella, people would be pissed. But 
Okay, so, but my point is they're serving a totally different market, yeah. which is totally fine. And with the niche of, like, being in Napa Valley and having the wine and uh, craft brewery. It's definitely adult crowd there. You're definitely, definitely an older crowd, one that loves kind of that top 40. I would say adult contemporary would definitely be kind of the, the niche of that, which... Again, as a pop music fan, I have nothing against. I'm also totally in love with Adam Levine. If you're listening, I love you. So I would uh, definitely, I'm, I'm all about Throwing the Maroon 5. Yeah, I mean, they do have, I'm glancing at their uh, lineup now, they do have some very cool new uh, bands, like Aluna George is going to be there. That's oh, pretty cool. Oh, that's great. The Naked and the Famous, I guess they're not very new, but I do like that band. Yes. Bishop Briggs. We can't talk anymore about her, can we? I mean, where people listening are going to wonder if like she's paying us to do this because we just sound like we are just so obsessed. But we are. We do love Bishop. We love her. I mean, she's great. But yeah, okay. So she'll be there. Also, okay, St. Lucia will also be there. Oh, St. Lucia. They are right. killer live. I yeah. saw them open a couple years ago for Tudor Cinema Club and I was blown away. I saw them, I think, last year with, oh, who opened, um, uh, Bale, Bale, Bale. Bayo! Which I think we, we, we saw, saw Bayo right? together. Yeah. Bayo was great. Bayo was great. I saw them, uh, or I saw Bayo too, but I also saw St. Lucia both at the Wiltern, and that was pretty cool, although, I don't know, there was something wrong with the speakers for Bayo, but not St. Lucia. St. Lucia was great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but th- that's cool. I mean, again, like, these are newer bands that are definitely livening up this fest, but it's it's an older, an old-timer I shouldn't say that. That's rude. I mean it in a sense of like... kind of like an old-timer festival. I like it. I'm thinking of somebody like an older person who has all the festival t-shirts and has been there, done that, knows what to wear, wears the sneakers instead of the nice sandals. I didn't mean it like that. I I was trying to say like the old wave of festivals, not the people attending. (laughs) But that's how... Yeah. Sorry, everyone. That's attending Bottle Rock. I was going to say, I don't think, well, honestly, they're just going to be too drunk to give a shit what you say That's about true. them. That's true. Honestly. They're going to be really happy. That's so. very true. So, yeah, and another one I actually wanted to bring up is uh, this new, talking about the new wave of festivals, is one that was actually created by Golden Voice, which does Coachella okay. and a bunch of other festivals. And this is actually one that I'm really excited about. It's called the Arroyo Seco Weekend, and it takes place in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. So it's kind of interesting because it's not, you know, usually they pick some, like, big expansive space, and this is at, you know, at a stadium. But what's fascinating about this is that it's this new festival and it's it's definitely in the affordable range. It's 125 bucks a day. You know, not cheap, but certainly much cheaper than the alternative. And what's nice is because it's within Pasadena, those of us who live in California can feasibly, you know, drive there, drive back, and not have to worry about lodging and all of that. And what's really cool is they have a really interesting lineup. They've got Tom Petty. Again, he's everywhere. So he's, he's headlining this. Sure. And some really great artists like... I love Mumford and Sons, Alabama Shakes. I mean, who doesn't love Alabama Shakes? So that's pretty amazing. They've also got um, Andrew Bird. They've got the Revivalists, who I love, the Shins, Weezer, and then one of my faves, Fits in the Tantrums. So good. So it's got a really solid lineup. And what's really interesting, kind of the weird uh, wild card in here, is that and what's great is that it's written in small print, so it's not even like a headliner, but Jeff Goldblum, yes, that Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> is going to be performing with the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra. What is he performing? I have no idea. That is the question. That is the true question, and I'm not sure, because I was looking at the list, and I see Jeff Goldblum, I'm like, Jeff, wait, wait, the Jurassic Park guy, Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> because, of course, that's how I always think of him as the Jurassic Park guy. Sure, um, I mean, the fly. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, 
Yeah, so this one that's so funny. This one looks really good. And when this lineup came out, I had a lot of friends who were like, I think I really want to go to this, especially just because it's it's affordable, it's close by, and then they've got um good bands. Some really, really good bands. So this is one that I think is gonna be really exciting. I'll be very curious to see um how this one goes. This one's in late June. Um, because it is new, so we'll see. I mean, I think the lineup looks great. I'm I'm sure that they'll do great. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how this new festival will kind of start to roll into um kind of that big new wave of festivals. Absolutely. It's funny. So I do have one comment on your Jeff Goldblum thing. I not necessarily about Gold, Jeff Goldblum, but I was browsing the stage coach lineup, which uh -huh. is the country festival that happens on the Indio Polo grounds, the same place as Coachella, um, basically like a couple weeks later. Yeah, it's pretty much just like you partied at Coachella and now you're back with your cowboy hat for stagecoach. Correct. Well, guess who's on the lineup for that? Kiefer Sutherland? Okay, now that is fascinating to me. I knew that he had a... Um, a record label. Oh. He had a record label, actually. I know this because Rocco DeLuca, who was kind of popular in the late 2000s, um, was on that record label. Ah. So, But I didn't know that he was a performer. I knew that he was a music lover. Well, I sure as shit didn't know that either. Yeah, so that's really... <laughs> it's so it. funny. Yeah, my friend was telling me that he um, he's going to be able to go work with like a vendor that he knows and like get paid to like work it. And he's like, yeah, but it's Stagecoach. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Go see Kiefer Sutherland because I have no idea what's going to happen. And that's definitely something that is, uh, I would want to see that. And the thing with Stagecoach is that I'm, I'm personally not a country fan. Yeah. But man, those people look like they're having fun. I've seen lots of photos and I'm like, oh this God. just looks like a lot of fun. And what I've heard about Stagecoach is, is a lot less... Um, for lack of a better word, kind of uh, bro frat. Um, it just looks a lot more fun and a lot less filled with uh, people just trying to pose for Snapchat. For Yeah, I totally can see that. I will say, I'm definitely not averse to country music, but I am averse to, like, Kenny Chesney. Uh, so definitely not going to be going many to stage women, shows. Many women would... Uh, disagree would with me? Completely disagree sure. with you. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. Yes. Oh, and I'm well aware. I'm well aware that uh, that you. And I'm look. It's funny. So I'm actually looking at the stagecoach lineup right now, and yeah, the sad thing is I don't recognize most. of these I don't people. recognize most of them. Yeah, that's so. It's and it's. I personally am surprised by that. Like I feel like I should know more. Oh, of them. hold up. El King's what? gonna be there. I do like El King. Oh, so that's kind of interesting. I'm looking through and most of these. First of all, the number of cowboy hats is uh, pretty astounding. Shocking. Um, is really uh, really <laughs> shocking. Oh, here's a picture of Kiefer with his guitar looking all uh, you know pensive. So wait, I want to see this. Oh yes, this is very important. Uh, <laughs> this is good for a podcast to look at a picture of Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. I mean, look, the only thing I can really the the first I'm memory sorry, I have. This also says description, no information. So <laughs> the website doesn't know what's gonna happen. The only the first the primary memory I have of Kiefer Sutherland is I believe that this was something like a gag on John Oliver, but basically it was like him jump like super wasted jumping onto a Christmas tree and knocking it over. Wow. Yeah. So that's Kiefer Sutherland to me. I can't wait to see what he does. I really that would be really great if he drunkenly jumped on a Christmas tree. Also, uh something really exciting about Stagecoach is that Shania Twain is gonna be there. And yes. I 
I love me some Shania Twain. Who doesn't love Come On Over or That Don't Impress Me Much? Like, you know you were jamming out to that one. So I say I'm very against Stagecoach, but I will say, like, there are definitely some artists on there that are pretty cool. Exactly. <laughs> because, I mean, and, and at every festival you have your lineup of, you know, people that you're like, wow, this is so great, but this is all very interesting. I don't, I was going to say, I definitely, oh my gosh, there's a band called Body Bones and the Raging Idiots, so that's one that I... <laughs> we're going to write that down. We're going to write that down, down yes. Write that one down. God. Well, so kind of riffing off that, like that's also a niche festival. Absolutely. Country, a full country festival is kind of strange to think about. It really is, but it, it clearly does very well. So <laughs> yes. we, can't, we can't paint on the, the cowboy boots and the hats. No, absolutely. But it's good to see like that type of festival is continuing, like those genre specific. Obviously, that's definitely going to reach like a good demo. Another one that I want to discuss though. Punk rock bowling. Just so you know, Zoe did not make this up or create this festival, <laughs> both of which were very surprising to me when I heard about this. Yeah, I had to like explain to Kylie that I did not organize this festival. I did not talk to Iggy Pop. Who is playing? Yes. So, okay, so let me... I should, like, I, I should describe a little the background of this. Um, punk rock bowling, it is a festival that is music and bowling. I'm not exactly sure about the venue setup, um, but... This festival happens uh, in three uh, metro areas. That's really fascinating. That might be the only one that does something like that. Because Except I... your, uh, the only thing I can think of is actually uh, uh, da- Daisy, Electric Daisy. Oh, Carnival. EDC. Yeah, Carnival. EDC. That's okay. it. Uh, that also, but see, I'm, does that travel? Yeah, there's EDCs so all around. So it's kind of interesting that this one. But, but a traveling festival is different than having, because I think EDC does, I'm, I don't know. I could be wrong. I, th- I thought that EDC did them in different metros, but, like, they were different. Like, they were separate. Like, Ultra does the same thing. Ultra doesn't travel, but Ultra has Korea, like, a soul festival mm-hmm. and, like, a um, Brazil. I don't remember what city in Brazil, but they also have one in Brazil. I didn't realize and so I feel like that's the case for punk rock bowling, whereas, like, a traveling festival is, like, Warp Tour or... Oh, um, yeah. I mean, there are others... But I can't really think of any. But I mean, so I. Th- but I feel like that's the situation with this. So, in, with that said, I do not think that Iggy Pop is playing all three metros. But it, the the punk rock bowling is happening in Las Vegas, Denver, and New Jersey. They're all happening like basically consecutive weekends. Like it goes from the end of May to the beginning of June. Um, I think that New Jersey is the biggest one. It's happening in Asbury Park. I believe they're, they they just in general have like a bigger lineup. Um, but all in all, this is a dope festival. I would definitely go. I'm not the huge, like a huge punk person, like punk rock fan, but I definitely love Iggy Pop. I mean, there are others like Charles Bradley is on one of these lineups and he's not punk, but he's super dope. Like, That's pretty impressive. I've seen cool. no effects, which I didn't even know they yes. still played together. That's yes. really impressive on, that's the Asbury Park one. That is, yeah. And, I think Buzzcocks is also playing Asbury Park. Yes, they are. Buzzcocks is like classic. Like I, I didn't, I never thought that I'd see them play ever in my life. But like knowing that they're traveling, at least to play this one festival, like that gives me hope. <laughs> it's pretty. I, you know, it is really fascinating. I was gonna say I, I don't know a lot of the smaller ones in these, but you yeah. still have. I have to say, I got a shout out. I had never heard this band, but the fact that there was a band called Leftover Crack, I am definitely going to research that. Oh my god. What? Why is it Leftover? I'm, yeah, it must have not been good, because from what I, you know, from the interventions that I've watched about people that use Indeed. crack, they usually don't have any leftovers. Correct. So that, 
that just might not be the thing that we uh, want. Neither I just want to throw out there that neither Zoe nor I uh, is, or maybe maybe Zoe's tried crack. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know Zoe's life. Um, I won't reveal on this podcast. Where I guess not. I'm a little too over caffeinated for that. I think my uh, my my heart would explode. Yeah, yikes. Uh, but punk rock bowling, it's gonna be super dope. Like I said, it's happening in multiple places, so like a lot of different people are gonna be able to experience this, which is so cool. I mean, instead of like making people travel to Palm Springs, like all the if way you're, out there. Yeah, if you're near New Jersey in the Northeast, you can go to this. If you're in the Midwest, I guess like the. I say Midwest, but I don't mean, like, Chicago. I mean, like, the middle of the country, like, middle America. Yeah, they have one in Colorado. Yeah, like, like in Denver, so that could be great. And then Vegas, I mean, it's kind of close, but, like, that's more for, like, a Southern California crowd. Like, people would travel to Vegas. That would be easy. I mean, it's affordable. There's great music. And there's bowling. That is so awesome. So, uh, not sure if uh, you all listening know, but Zoe was actually on the college bowling team, uh, which is just truly one of the finest things that I uh, learned about Zoe, and it made me laugh so much because, of course, um, I just (laughs) thought of her with her ball and her bag and her shoes. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a serious fucking endeavor. We... Our bowling team was so bad, but not because we were not talented. Like, we had some good players, but we just partied too much, which is why the bowling team rocked. And that's why bowling is cool, because, like, it's a sport, but you don't actually have to train for it. Like, you should practice so you can hit the pins. Like, <laughs> that would be nice. You don't need to do, like, calisthenics, although, let me tell you, I used to also bowl on the high school bowling team. That's so great. And so we would travel every year to states, and they would happen in Orlando, who has, I believe it's the biggest uh, bowling alley in the country. It's 92 lanes. Wow. Fantastic bowling alley. One of the best in the country as well. I've bowled there many, many times. But anyway, so there's this uh, college in Kentucky Oh, no, I forget their name. Um, Wexler, maybe, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, they are they give people bowling scholarships. And they are so hardcore that they literally do calisthenics before, like, bowling at the tournaments. And so, like, in this 92-alley, uh, like, or 92-lane bowling alley, you see them jogging around the, like, mid, like, the lobby area. It was, honestly, it was pretty funny. And we would all be like basically like hung over and like staring at them just being like why, why? God, we're just here to throw a 15 pound like rock at some pins which is pretty impressive that's 15 pounds i'm not gonna lie my bowling balls are always six pounds because i'm a wuss oh my six seems a little light though it's like the size of my cat Edna's so small although i mean but six pounds is too late because then you're not so there's a little bit of physics behind some of this bowling. So, like, if you throw a heavier ball, it's you're going to get more what we call pin action. Pin action. That sounds like a good band name. And that does sound like a... It's my new band name. All right, I'm pin action. It. Yeah. Just take it. I think we've digressed far enough. Punk rock bowling sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, there's just a lot of great niche festivals. I mean, there's so many. Like, we highly recommend you browse. Yes. See if there's something you guys are interested in. And look, a lot of these artists are playing more than once. So if you have, like, you're really desperate to see, like, Chance the Rapper specifically. Exactly. Who came off just such a solid year. Coloring Book is such a fun album. And, I mean, just he's been doing so many great things, like, outside of music itself. Like, 
I'm going to mention it. The Chicago Public Schools, like giving a million dollars to that. That's just amazing. It was incredible. It really he is such a good person. Like, And he is definitely doing some fan service going to all these festivals. That must be so tired. Oh, exhausted. And I also wanted to bring up um, one of the actual local festivals, FYF Fest. And also, can I just say that Nine Inch Nails is also on this. So they are really doing that. I totally forgot. Yes. So on this one, uh, FYF I actually, so this lineup looks really sick. I wasn't as huge, as huge of a fan of last year's lineup, but this one, um, we've got Flying Lotus, you've got MGMT, Solange, oh, Iggy Pop, your boy. Hey! Uh, you've also got the headliners, Missy Elliott. I mean, who doesn't want to see Missy Elliott? Oh, so great! Oh, so, God. right? It's not Missy if she's not in the tracksuit. Oh, no, and there's also some really good, I'm looking at, you've got Little Dragon, you've got the drums who are so fun, Ooh. you've got Beach Fossils. I mean... No, there are some great ones. I mean, look, FYF, look, more than Coachella, that's the festival I wish I could afford. But it is almost equally as expensive. The thing is, like, I want to see Bjork so fucking badly. She would really put on quite a show. I and, mean, she's just... Her voice is so unique. Her style. I can only imagine that that would be a phenomenal performance. So here's the thing. Her last album, she produced with um, two people, the second of which I can't remember, but the other person was Arca. Arca is like an experimental um, electronic. It's like an, an, an almost like harsh noise industrial mm -hmm. producer. Um but his music is very fascinating, and so he helped Bjork produce, which is why her last album, Volnacura, was so like assaulting to listen mm -hmm. to um and it was also about like her divorce from her husband which was devastating but, but so, that's that's definitely where you throw in that industrial yes absolutely so but then think about it arca is definitely going to be at fyf he's playing so wow. so you're hoping for that double stage I'm action thinking, right there. yes like it seems like it's de it seems like it's definitely gonna happen like there's no possible way bjork will not bring out arca right and that's what, you know, but that's what we hope. But we saw at Beachcock that both James Blake and uh, and Bear yes. played, and they did right after each other, and none of that double stage action, which really surprised me. I was very disappointed by that. I will say, like I, that should have happened, and maybe it's just because Coachella is like famous for doing it. But like we're spoiled now because we are. Coachella. Like, two years ago, I'll never forget. Like, every single person was bringing someone out at Coachella. It right? was insane. Oh, and I totally forgot FYF. Run the Jewels. Who wouldn't want to see Run the Jewels? <gasps> Wait, Run the... Oh, my God, you're right. Yes, Run the Jewels. I don't I'm know why... desperate to see Bond them. Bond is not there. Because yeah. Run the Jewels has been killing it. I mean, I'm actually looking at it, and the font's not bigger because everyone else is so huge. Like, okay... The first, like, couple names are Missy, Bjork, Frank Ocean, Nanny Nails, Tribal Class, Erica Badu, uh, Iggy Pop, Solange. So it's like, yeah, Run the Jewels maybe isn't as big as all those people, but Run the Jewels is enormous. I would big in my mind. love to see Run the Jewels. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, this is solid. This FYF Fest is solid, and I, uh, yeah. I'm, like, sad because I right? can't go. It's toward the end of July. I got to... I'm going to find some money. If anybody's listening and wants to donate to the Kylie Banks Festival Fund, uh, we are open for donations. I'll give you my PayPal uh, email. Just uh, send me some money. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. You know, people people do Kickstarters for just about everything. I, you know, I would. True. 
So, you know, if you, if you feel, if you like listening to us and you feel like we would be even better at festival, which we would be, uh, we would, uh, yeah, you can send us uh, some money and we'll uh, we'll snap you. We'll, we promise to give you some Snapchats to uh, show you the great time we're having. Yeah, I'll download app and figure it out. I believe, I believe in you. If I can figure out Snapchat, you can figure out Snapchat. God. Well, I guess this is as good a time as any as I am, like, ruminating on how sad I am that I probably won't go to FYF. Maybe now's the time when we transition into our mix. Yes. We thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Sawdust and Gin. Uh, we loved talking about festivals. If you guys have any uh, interesting festivals that you guys are going to, please let us know. Uh, comment or email me, sawdustandgin at gmail.com. Um, also submit music if you want. Uh, anything, really. Exactly. We're down. We want to hear about it. We want to hear about the great festivals you're going to. Uh, yeah, and I, uh, if you, again... I mean, if you're so inclined to donate to our festival, uh, I'm just going to turn this into a big pitch. (laughs) Yes, if you want to give us money, you can also do that. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Stay tuned for more music.
sidewalks are lonely when they're under her feet As she's sliding away back to her living room sweet arcade She's a walk in the park, a suburban thread And every afternoon is a Sunday dress arcade Gets invited to the party, but she'll always decline Cause she's fine by herself with a bottle of wine Oh, Katie You never see her around, she never pick up the phone She's the type of girl who always like her being alone Oh, Katie With a switchblade grin and a throwback on her world Is a personal variety show Well, her mind is brittle and a soul Sing along 
Show me the love that we used to know. Show me the love. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We've got a long, long way to go. Ooh, ooh, ooh. If we never try. This general jam is by Wild, the acoustic version of their single Hold Us Together. Before this, we heard LA's Pacific Radio with Katie from their new Kitchen Table EP. And before Pacific Radio, we heard Giraffage, the song Make You Love Me. All three of these artists will be playing Bottle Rock, but more importantly, they're all just really cool, so sit with that. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for staying until the end. You truly are a saint. We will have to get you beatified. Uh, follow the blog, sawdustandgen.tumblr.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We also have a symbol account. You guys are on that. Email me if you want. Um, take recommendations about anything uh, or music pitches. And be sure to tune in next time, Sawdust and Jen. Uh, oh, and never stop resisting. Show me the love